0: Welcome to this episode of Clinically Depressed. On this episode, we have Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. He is a chiropractor that runs the Performance Place Clinic and also Restoring Human Movement Podcast, which we were lucky enough to be on a couple months ago. So if you want to go back and check that out, uh, check him out at Restoring Human Movement Podcast. In this, we really get into the depths of how Dr. Gonzalez has really distilled down things to help people Improve general Ace and pains, and post that on his website, and then also through the podcast. Uh, we really wanted to get to the baseline of how it is meant to be effective, how he has made it effective, and really how he got to the point of being able to break it down to really get people the basics. Within that, um, we also talked about getting the podcast out there and what that does, and if you could. Leave us a rating and review. We are giving away a free mobility kit that includes a foam roller, some soft tissue tools, and as well some bands to help with just general aches and pains. Uh, all you need to do is leave a, subscri- or a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will go through and we're still waiting for nick run to get a hold of us at info at clinicallypress.com to claim your mobility kit get a hold of us let us know who you are and we will get that to you enjoy the episode Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll start it up Take then. It uh, welcome to this episode of Clinically Press. We are on with Dr. Seb Gonzalez, who owns and runs the Performance Place and also the Restoring Human Movement podcast, which we just so happened to be on recently. Um, definitely worth checking out. But uh, we're going to talk to him today. Uh, not only does he do those two things, but he's put out a ton of content, otherwise, addressing a lot of very common issues things that you see in sports and athletics and just every day to day and just how he's gone about creating all that um uh, what he's found to work best for that but before we get into that doc if you want to give us some background on how you've got to where you are
1: uh, yeah sure um gosh i i got into this industry i guess it'd be this would be chiropractic industry uh first uh, i got injured in high school probably just like every other person that got in this industry they got hurt at some point and started hanging out with uh, the people that they wanted to become. And uh, so I hurt myself in, in high school playing baseball. Uh, I went through a bunch of, um, I, I don't want to say call it uneventful uh, rehab or PT and chiro and massage and so on. Like I did a bunch of stuff, but it didn't get me back to the sport really. Um, I got back to the sport finally after that. Actually, well, after that first run of rehab, I went and played in the very first game of baseball, very first swing, very first at bat. I was lead off and I swung and hurt my back again. And so... Yeah, it was really frustrating. And so I eventually found another guy who was uh, who helped me out through that and um, got me back in the field really in, in a matter of a couple weeks after that. Um, but prior to, like, they had, they'd done CTs, bone scans, MRIs. I was supposed to be pre-op for a microdissectomy. And so there was a bunch of stuff, which we didn't really— yeah and so probably now i think you guys are probably like well we could have handled this in a couple weeks too you know (laughs) and i think the same um but it was just very subpar um in in i think in the care that i was given and um so now i kind of my clinical practice has first it kind of came from the style that the that the guy did back then which uh, i did that for about four or five years it was a lot of uh soft tissue work based predominantly when people come in it's ma- it was mainly soft tissue based and it was kind of like um we had a bunch of strength condition or we had a bunch of gym equipment in the office back then uh, not my office but his and so i worked for him for like five six years probably af- after that injury and i uh like i was kind of like the scheduler plus the assistant plus go teach bird dogs and bridges type of guy um and teach right. him how to use this machine right and uh so I did a lot of that stuff, and but I really didn't know why and how it applied, and so kind of moving into the the, the latter part of, of my career so far now is uh, I started to realize um, how to actually utilize corrective exercise and utilize loading, and I really started to learn more of that when I started podcasting and learning from people, you know, so um, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, It's, I I still do a lot of stuff I used to do, but at the same time, it's like, now it's like you picking which one for the, for which person with the, with which injury, you know?
0: Yeah. What are some of your go-tos? I just got off a really interesting conversation with an athletic trainer uh, that I know, and he opened my eyes to a couple of different things I hadn't heard of, but like soft tissue wise, what are your go-tos or your favorites? And then is there any model or anything you follow kind of on the corrective or functional movement?
1: yeah um i was sure. thinking of this because i i don't know i don't know have you guys actually tried to break down your clinical reasoning of how you're like so if someone said here's how do we do this break it down have you had to write it down yet
0: i haven't taken
1: that <laughs> to think yeah. about it, no. <laughs> well i'm gonna do i am uh, i'm gonna do a workshop here in a in a couple of months so i actually got to write it down and uh, i started to realize and so i called it i called it uh offloading musculoskeletal and uh, neurological uh, structures, And so from a soft tissue point of view, I, I, predominantly, I came from a background of active release. I even did it before I went to Cairo school really. And so I've been exposed to it for a very long time. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a, uh, you know, Justin Dean actually you had him on, um, yeah. yeah. So Justin Dean is, is telling me about all this fascial distortion and all that stuff too. So it's interesting to me, but yeah, I have no formal training in it when it comes to tissue work. That's kind of where I venture towards based upon what the person's kind of showing me. Um, but kind of in, into the, uh, when I examine somebody, I, I look at all these, like, I look at this rough cluster of data that they're giving me. And so, and as I started to think about how I'm going to present this to my colleagues, it's like, you know, which person do you do tissue work on? Which one do you do loading? Which one do you correct, do you corrective? And, and w- what kind of route do you want to take? And so I started thinking about back to the McGill model. And so you know how he does that, uh, the the you cue the hard brace with the belly, with the fingers in the side of the belly, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it takes the person's symptoms away, and all of the the pain-generating movements are now all of a sudden uh, cut in half. And so I started thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, how do we do this with other areas, you know? And so uh, cueing to bias certain, I don't want to say muscles, but let's just say uh, certain support systems or buttresses, Um, I'm looking to figure out which, which area or which, uh, buttress might offload that structure. And if it looks like it's, the person's not very conditioned, then I go to like straight up like corrective exercise model, more of a, a Guido, uh, Van Reisingen style with attractor states. And so, um, and those, sometimes those can be very, um, they can, they can be very aggressive, but it depends on this, on the symptoms I would use. And, uh. With, with other people, say like a flexion-tolerant back, I like would use a bunch of bird dogs, and we're trying to in- increase the amount of tone of the of the spinal rectal group, as well as get the glutes involved, you know? Um, so it, it really depends, and if they come from a, just a—this is a, this is an extreme case. Guy came in with an elbow issue probably about three weeks ago or so. He called it medial epicondylitis. He was a—he lifted at the gym. He was not an Olympic lift or anything. He was just a recreational guy, but he's strong. You can do like 10, 20 pull or it's a 10 to 15 pull ups at any given time. It's not bad, right? No. And I so he, so. Yeah. yeah, I can do about 17. That's probably about my max, but so I respected him all of a sudden. Yeah,
0: right.
1: <laughs> um, so he took like three months off and he's like, it still hurts. I thought it would get better, right? And so I, I was like, how many pull ups can you do now? And he's like, I haven't tried, but I bet I can do at least a handful. And so I said, do you think it'll hurt? And he said, maybe. And so we did a pull-up, first pull-up. He was very, um, as I would describe it, uh, he looked like he was trying to bicep curl the bar, right? And Mm -hmm. so, so kind of just observing that, I can scale him back to a corrective exercise or tissue work or whatever, but in the same time, I, I thought I would, I would cue him to wrap the shoulder blades around the, around the rib cage first, kind of like a cueing a, a front lever and uh so i did that and he could do five six pull-ups no problem no i no elbow pain whatsoever and so i guess i don't know if that answers the question but uh, tissue work when needed is nice but i don't i'm not married to the idea of any of these i'm just looking at data points
2: i nice, think that makes a ton of sense yeah i agree Seems like uh global movement patterns and how that applies to the patient and their goals
1: right right and i think you'll you probably find too that depending upon the amount of pain that they're in they those movement patterns come a little corrupt and they're hard to cue or maybe just chill the system down a little bit you know with some things so yeah that's the that's the basic idea (laughs)
2: there's no cookie cutter approach is that what you're saying dang it
1: it's always cookie cutter and so it's it's so simple yeah (laughs) yeah no I, i don't know i uh I'm sure that you've had your, you've had your battles of, uh, when people ask what you do, Kyle, what do you, what do you tell them? Like, I'm sure they call and they're like, what are you going to do with me?
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I liked your explanation. I basically just try to relate, I don't know, I guess kind of what I just said with the global movement, not just looking at isolating certain muscles, um, and tying that into a patient's goals. So, um, you know, if it's a shoulder pain, that's going to tie in with uh, the upper back and the neck and you know more just a comprehensive look as opposed to just like getting so zeroed in on just that area of symptom
1: yeah so it's not cookie cutter
2: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) i haven't found it yet (laughs) still searching for it well
1: i'm I'm just curious now because i know uh, you guys you guys take a lot of phone calls in your office or do you just have the staff do it (laughs) um so, so when someone asks you guys, like when they call and they say, uh, "What are you gonna do with me?" or "Hey, I just want a quick adjustment," or "I want a quick whatever," um, how do you guys address that question?
0: That's a you question. Um,
2: <laughs> if if that's really what somebody's looking for, we will, um, you know, just adjust them and get them feeling better. Typically, what we found with those types of patients that they tend to come back whether it's a few months or more or less down the line. And typically it's the same type of thing. And, um, I'll, I'll try to address that with individuals and I'm not going to try to get them to do more than they're ready for. But eventually I, it seems like some will come around and be like, okay, yeah, obviously this issue has been, uh, historically bothersome for me and, uh, I can, hopefully try to like tie in the big picture of like, this is why, and whether are putting them in a, a corrective exercise or some sort of screen or something and showing like, this is what you should be able to do well and show them how they can't do that. I think it helps them understand. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there is something more underlying that is the cause of this repetitive symptom. You
1: know what, I like that. You're, you're a better man than me. Cause, uh, I'll, I'll... Kind of argue with them a little bit on the phone about, <laughs> like, like. Uh, but I like that you're you're giving them what they what they want. It's not harmful to them, but then you're educating them about what they need.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a big one for. I like to understand things, so I I try to really whether they like it or not, help them understand <laughs> what's going on, and I think that it does seem to help. Just kind of like that patient education piece. Mm-hmm. I've worked with. A couple of clinics right out of school that were more, more or less, I guess the the cookie cutter approach, and I really had a hard time with the the patient education side of that thing because it didn't seem like it fit. You know, if it was just like a, everybody gets this treatment plan, you know, and just kind of preaching the the subluxation, I guess I I don't see things as well that way. I see things more. How, how are other things i guess relating into mm-hmm. the global movement or you know the whole body system in general so it fits better with me it tastes better when i'm trying to explain <laughs> I, I was not happy in practice you know practicing that way and nothing against that for those that do but um, it just doesn't fit with me i guess
1: yeah yeah i feel like, um oh side story but i'm gonna ask you the same question joel uh, so you can you get a second here to think about what you're gonna say um the, uh, I, I have an intern that he went back to New Jersey and so he had, he was working for, I mean, how did you get out of school? You gotta, you gotta make a little money. And so he was working with this clink that kind of operated that way and he didn't really want to do it. Um, and so they were, he was, uh, he was asked to put like STEM on people. And so people had uh flexion tolerant backs So he decided to do a creative approach and he propped them up into a, a prone prop and then put STEM on their back and then they felt better. Nice. <laughs> he he felt better about himself doing that. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> um, great. So so Joel, when when people come into you, then like, what are they typically? What are they looking for when they come to you?
0: So it's a unique setting because I get to see them daily or multiple times a day if I need to. Just working in a collegiate setting, um, it's been different because the traditionally athletic training and what we're taught. Uh, very modality heavy. You go over rehab stuff. It's branching out into going into the other things, but uh, with utilizing students uh, who, as soon as they learn a new tool, where we you can always tell when they're taught something in their modalities class because that's all they offer for tr- ideas for treatment um, right after that. And so, because we get the option of seeing them every day, we've I've tried to take the approach of you know just like knee pain, generalized knee pain. We're gonna work on it a lot of other things that don't involve your knee, but I'm also going to do something to address the fact that they feel pain at their knee. Because typically, we're going to try and kind of get them back to practice, even that day or try and modify things. So I do a little bit of the band-aid approach, again, with the thought of do no harm, we're not going to make them worse. I don't know if we're actually going to improve it, but if they think so, um, but then also build in a lot of their stuff into their rehab and they don't even realize they're doing it i like it addressing a much bigger picture um again it i have a lot of i have a ton of freedom with that because we don't bill uh i'm not constrained by anything in that regard so i can have a little bit more of a shotgun approach but making sure we're not losing the underlying principles of what we're trying to accomplish
1: um i'm really jealous um, i i kind of want i'm sure me and kyle i want that
0: (laughs) It is fun because I don't have to worry about some of the stuff that you guys have to. We were at a chiropractic conference and just listening to all the different stories that people have to deal with with billing and patients and things like this. Like if a kid doesn't listen to what I'm doing, I just tell them to stop coming in. And it's not going to affect my personal life. I'm not telling everybody not to come in. I don't have a job, but Yeah. Joel's
2: in a unique setting too. It's nice uh, with him running the, the sports performance center that he can tie all those correctives in. And you've said before how part of, part of his job is keeping them away from the other part of his job. Like he wants <laughs> you know to build, build these athletes up so they're not having to come into the athletic training center. But you know, they've done some very unique things in there of, like he said, incorporating the, the correctives or – like some more of the i don't know just hiding hiding the the stuff that maybe isn't as sexy for the athletes to do that's just like incorporated into their program so they're doing it and they still think that
1: that's nice joel seems like the kind of father that would hide broccoli in someone's oatmeal you know kind of thing
0: (laughs) i can see that happening my (laughs) wife's so big on smoothies right now so like throwing (laughs) image in that and part of that i can see her doing that to our kids in the future
1: yeah yeah
0: um (laughs) kind of coming back around so you know i had this it was a little pie in the sky for it now but you know looking at you know i wanted to have rehab pro or prehab programs for all our athletes and trying to push more information to them and getting them to buy in with it and uh we talked about kind of off air all the things that you've done um, in terms of providing information um, outside of just the one-on-one interactions or through your podcasts and having all these different resources, I guess to start off, like, what kind of pushed you to wanting to develop all those, and then kind of on the second part of that, what have you found to be the most effective in delivering that information?
1: Mm. So, um, I think that I—I I mean, the one I personally enjoy the most is podcasting. Honestly, it's—it's it's quick. Uh, I get to talk to people for an hour or so you know yeah. um the solo ones are a little bit more complicated but the uh i i feel like because i've had patients that have done this like in the, so they've they're like oh you got a podcast i'm like yeah it's about it's it, like you feel pretty good right and they say yeah, yeah i feel really good i wish my friend would do would come here or do something like it you know and uh, i'm like well there's uh maybe something that's that's stopping them is just not understanding their stuff and so I I found that at least when I have a a phone conversation with people, usually the conversion of people coming in is really good. Um, not, not always price. It's not always price dependent. Sometimes just people just need to understand a little bit more. And so, um, aside, like uh, my thought originally was duplication of myself. And so if I'm having this conversation with you guys about, you know, your shoulder issue, then maybe I need to uh, record it, you know? And, so I I believe in duplication of self and back when back in the day when I was at that old office where we did a lot more uh, like like I said we did a lot of uh, I remember the first video I did was the Cook hip lift you know and I would sh- we'd show it to everybody and so I would uh, I recorded it and so when patients come in and they're like hey I forgot that one exercise I'll be like well did I sent you a link there was a video and they're like oh I didn't watch it I'm like well. You know, like, I'm like, I'll show you again, but you're going to have to pay me again. And so
0: it, water, yeah, right. <laughs> force them to drink. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so now even on the website, I don't know, you probably guys probably didn't find it. Like my intention is that people don't find it unless they're actually patients and they've been led there a little bit. Okay. So when, when they go into the patient portal, they'll, at some point they'll encounter something that I have said, look for patient resources. And so it's this, uh, it's this Google sheet that has a bunch of, uh, exercises cued in the way that I wanted, at least at that time of making the video. It's very similar to probably what they're going to hear me say in office, right? From talking about deadlifting, I've said, uh, you know, turn the floor or turn uh, or spread the floor, crush the oranges, stand tall, attach the bell barbell to the zipper or something like that, right? And so they're like, this is so much to think about. I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. I'm like, well, just remember the cues. They're in the video. If you forget the movement, generally, just watch the video. Um, and so, like, I've, I've created a lot of those things for people. Not, not necessarily to, like, and I told you so. Like, like, hey, um, you should have watched it. Like scolding them type of thing. It's just giving them the tools for success. And if they feel like they wanted that, and I had a lot of people ask for it, then I'll, I'll do it. With the podcast, a lot of times, um, people will uh, ask about very, I'll say, long-winded questions. It's like it seems that I just did release one recently on uh, strength conditioning as an exit plan to care. And so I'll, I'll I'll push people very quickly into a Dan John model, the push pull carry uh, squat hinge, and they're like because they're always like, well, what should I be doing at the gym for this shoulder issue? I'm like, well, let's scale back the pressing, and they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, do a plank. Well, what's after the plank? Well, maybe we do a you know maybe maybe we do a uh, a single arm dumbbell pull or uh, dumbbell row or sorry press, and um, and so these these questions just keep going, and finally I, I recorded it because they. They, 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 I want to give them the information, but I don't have time to do it because it's like 30 minutes to an hour every time. And it, usually it's the person who, who came right before the gap or lunch, you know? And so it does happen. Um, so I have created those to, to duplicate myself. Number one. Uh, the second thing is that, so I've created a bunch of other little things like the, uh, I'll call them the mini guides and they're on the website, they're on the store or the website. And so because I get a lot of views or visitors to the website, I get people who email me from all over the darn place with all these random questions. And, and I, I, I got really tired of sounding like an a-hole on an email and saying, Hey, look, you live in Siberia. I can't help you. My medical license does not even allow me to guide care across state lines. But you know, by law, no one can suggest to you directly if they have not seen you and examined you. And they're like, I've had a couple people that are like, well, I live in Siberia. That medical law doesn't exist here. I'm like, yes, it does. You're just not part of the industry, probably. <laughs> and and so I'm like, look, I can't stop you from buying a book or a video or watching a video on it. But I'll, but what I created in the mini guides was, uh, and I'm very I'm very uh, transparent with it. I say, look, I get a bunch of I get a bunch of emails, and I know you're not coming here, and I know I'm not going there, and I know you're looking for showing something. And so what, I, what I'll what i do is I'll write down a template of basically what I do in my office with this similar condition that you believe that you have. I don't know if you have it or not, but this is what we do for that thing, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so I mean, obviously there's the disclaimers in there and so on. Um, but I say, look, th- these mini guides are like, uh, they're like under 20 bucks. And so basically you're paying me to email you back, showing me what I do in the office for those things. And these videos are not even all the ones that I've done. It might be like Kyle showing something uh, for a shoulder, you know, that I thought was very useful that I do that he cued in a better way and I just didn't have time to make a video. And so I say, I, I, I'm i basically, I'm the curator of YouTube content for you. And yeah. and here's how, here's how we, right? And so uh, those are the mini guides. And honestly, I made those. After I made the first one, I can make another one in about 30 minutes. You know, so when people start emailing, but random, random stuff. I'm like, well, there's a lot of people asking about, uh, IT band syndrome, whether it be a ridiculopathy or not, like they're asking right. about yeah, that. So, so I'll create it and I did. And that's why there, that's why there's about nine or 10 of them on the site. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So
2: For Everybody that's asking, there's probably about 10 out there that aren't, that are wondering the same information or more. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of people that actually email you on it. And um, so surprisingly, like, there, it was funny. We bought, so you know, for all the clinicians out there who are thinking about um, should we create some type of online program or online uh, consulting, or I'm sure they everyone's trying to do that on Instagram. And I, I, I'm personally in the belief that um, y- you can't suggest unless you've examined them. And so online con- consults kind of frighten the hell out of me, and I don't do it. And um, but no one's stopping uh, a consumer from buying Stuart McGill's low back disorders. There's nothing wrong with education, in my opinion. Right. Um, and so in just from a price point standpoint, um, I created this book, which came from actually I'll start again. Um, I created this large scale program for, for flexion intolerant backs because I had a lot of friends with the stuff. Um, and I don't like taking money from friends, honestly. so I'm like, look. I don't wanna take money from you, but I want you to get the care that you need. I'll examine you and and give you these videos and you just watch them. I wrote this big manuscript and I said, please just proofread it for me, that's it, right? And let me know how it goes. Uh, No one read it. No one watched them. (laughs) And so they were like 200, it was like 260 pages long to be fair. And I figured out that they were just kind of scared about the the starting point of it. And so I broke that into two. Um, And one's the book, one's the actual uh, like how to, but the, the reason I'm ta- talking about this is because I made the how-to, like, uh, I made it like $200, $300, right? And so those weren't selling anything, and they hardly sell at all. But I started realizing I'm still getting these emails in, so I made all these little mini guides. And then I woke up one morning, I had like five mini guides sold for $7. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? So the reason I'm telling this story is that I think, I think there's a soft spot in there. A price point for people where there's not a lot of fear, like an online product like that. I don't even care if they return it. Like there's no sweat off my back. Just don't bug me, like, right? right? Um, and because uh, I don't want to, I'm not administering care. Just return it. That's it. And it's a digital product. And so um, when I created those, I was actually surprised by the amount that the volume that sold, um, and it will get people into like the thought of like say that as he They're like, huh, that worked. Why did that work? And maybe I'll actually seek care from somebody because this is a nerve based problem, not an actual, uh, IT ban. And so I think I'm helping more people actually with that. And so when people create stuff, I think they should probably stick to those price points unless they've found some other data that I, ha- I haven't. So, or at least I haven't figured it out yet.
0: I think that makes sense to make it so it's not risky yet. The reward could be worth it. Cause even I look at some of the ones out there and it's just like, what's like $19 a month. Like, I don't really want to spend $19 a month personally. And I actually <laughs> care about this stuff. Like I want to know the information, <laughs> right. but I just can't convince myself to do it. So I can see how that might be harder unless they're insignificant pain and looking for a way out. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Mike Boyle did one for like start for $1 type of thing, you know? Um, I mean, I think, I think if you have enough followers, the the raw volume is is, is right. going to make right. it there mm-hmm. and who's going to cancel subscription for $1 a month.
0: Yeah. Most people forget that it even even exists. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's something
0: that jumps off, you know, when you're looking at the credit card statement.
1: Yeah. It just has to be well under your, uh, probably well under your cell phone one. Right. Yeah. Or your cable bill.
0: (laughs) Trying to figure out how I want to ask this question. Um, (laughs) So, just to use the IT band one as an example, um, and talking about the large amount of things that could actually be causing that, is that something that you try and focus on when you said about you know maybe they actually out and seek care? You know, just basically, do you start with here's what I think could be the real simple things for IT band? Um, and then and the- say here's a list of things that if th- these aren't working you really should probably seek someone out to see if it's actually what's going
1: on in In the mini guide you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of started with like, um, like we, we all need to be responsible for our own bodies and whether, whether you're going to watch these videos or not, you go, you gotta, you go, you have to go see somebody and not just from like a, I know you can do the disclaimer thing, but, but realistically, take care of your damn self. You know, it's just not, it, so like, I try to like hammer that a little bit. And, and then I say that, um, um, at least the IT band was, is a little bit of a unique one because it's, uh, it's it would be blatantly something different than what they think, and so I usually preface it with something like if if this was an IT band issue, it would have resolved with stretching, foam rolling, and uh, tissue work, right? And if you, they go under Runners World forums and so on, they're going to see that a lot of people have gotten help from those things. But if it's not, then you're probably the outlier, and stop beating a dead horse. And uh, here's something else it could be. And then, so I, I, for that one, I broke it into a couple blocks. Is so what I'm assuming those people is they're probably, if they're searching for a help, a a solution, they probably have not had success with the other things. And so they're probably those outliers, anyways, or I don't want to call them outliers. They're probably a majority, uh, in my opinion. But, and so I start with McKenzie Extension and like a sideline opener or something like that. And, just, and then take them through a McGill process, a little bit of bird dog, do some core stuff, do foot on, single leg, uh, single leg uh, on ground stuff or SLDL, things like that. Um, and so I'll, I'll put a, like one or two of the things that are like the things they're looking for in there because I don't want them to think this is not what I signed up for. Right. You know, but I'm, but I, I try to search through one, which is in another video. I've done a lot of videos on ITB and stretching or foam rolling, but I'll try to find one. It kind of reiterates more of the the thing that I just said, where it's like, if this doesn't work, then it's because of probably this, you know, so they're getting hammered multiple ways by different people.
0: Right. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. I like it.
1: Yeah. But it'd be, it'd be really tough just to stick to uh, the IT band only because I think we all know that it's, if it's probably something else. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we know what they're asking for. Right. Like, <laughs> but it's not going to help. It's not really going right, to help. So yeah.
2: Had, um, certain topics or areas that you've found that people are more interested or concerned with? Like is it like general low back pain or is it more specific areas?
1: Um, I, I think probably the most of the emails I get are one about um, ulnar neuropathy or oh, not ulnar neuropathy. Oh, um numbness in the fourth and fifth fingers just because of the, one of the one of the articles that presents really highly on my site I got a lot of uh, runner based conditions ankles and knees and um, it seems like uh, and I'll, when I read their stories it's it's and I, I don't like to think that I'm married to, to a certain theory or like I might be I'm sure I have my biases like everybody else but when I read through them it their stories sound very much neurological based symptoms. Um, you know, they're like, oh, there's a little bit of a dull ache. Oh, it's worse in the morning with the first step and that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, with each of those mini guides, I try to put a little thing in there that would, uh, would, uh, kind of address that a little bit. But interestingly, a couple of things that I've, I've gotten uh, a lot of emails on, um, actually one in particular rather is, uh, an oblique strain Mm -hmm. because I personally had one, um, probably about four or five years ago. And so with, with a lot of the, a lot of the injuries that I have within, within the, within the parameters of my professional career, I, I tend to uh, write about like diary forms so I can remember. Uh, and I tend to research them a lot. So hamstring, uh, hamstring tears, I actually had a hamstring tear that with a visible bruise, um, in the oblique strain, it like it happened over course of a baseball game. And here's the things that I did personally to make it improve. And so it's been interesting when there's a real when I have the real storyline behind it, that is really me, the, the responses I get from people, it's like, they're they're like literally almost in tears that, Oh my God, like I read your story and it was so inspiring to me and I have this and I can't get better. And what do I do? Right. And so they're very different than the, my ankle hurts. What do I do? Mm -hmm, Sure. So they're, they're really bought in on those, um, really sad. The oblique strain area, there's, there's, it seems like there's not a big, um, there's not a big market for them out there. These people are suffering everywhere with that stuff.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. Have you received overall pretty good feedback then on the guides from you know the people that have purchased them, or have there been, you know, I guess, is it mixed, or are people like you mentioned getting something that they weren't expecting?
1: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had any any lashback yet. Um, there was only one lashback on a different thing that I made years ago that it was, it was only a single email. Um, but it was, it kind of pushed me into making a larger scale thing. Like actually, I actually made an ebook, like a 150 page ebook about, um, numbness to the fourth and fifth finger. I guess I'll start on that cause I'm already alluding to it. Uh, it was like, so originally when I started that, it was the big old article, right? right. And so I, I said, um i made like five line items it was nothing fancy it was like a google doc um which i converted into a pdf no colors no frills no borders a couple pictures here and there a couple links to videos and it was like five things and so this it was i sell, i think i was selling it for like 22 dollars or something like that and so this lady bought it and within within about like two minutes she had returned it and already i got a nasty email about 22 dollars for five pages you know and so she was pissed and, uh, I said, fine, take your money, but I don't care. It's a, it's a digital yeah. product and I can tell number, number one, two minutes. You haven't even looked at it yet, um, or watched anything. But so because of that, I made something larger scale. And when I made something larger scale, no one bought it. And so I've retracted down again, but this time when I made, made it smaller, I decided to frame it and I think framing or the communication of what they're going to get in it is, was, was it mitigates the problem. Um, But I have had people, I remember this one guy in particular, it was an ankle one. Um, I don't know where he lived, but it was like, I envisioned like this old guy living in like Croatia um, because he said that he had this foot problem, right? I don't know what it was, Um, but some of the suggestion was uh, walking on um, like uneven roads and things that have uh, like rocks on it or gravel, right? Dirt roads because of the strengthening the the toe flexors um, or the intrinsic foot. And so he did that. guess Um, and he emails me about three four weeks later and he says oh my gosh this is amazing i feel so good and i and so his his uh this is why the reason why i envisioned him in this old place is because so he told he told this long-winded tale about how he used to walk up this road to a well um, when he was younger and a kid and he hadn't done it for years and so when he picked the dirt road he went up that road and he was walking that road every day and after about two minutes or so it would be painful so he'd come back and he kept pushing through you know and now he can walk with no symptoms or at least at the point of that email and so i'm i'm and like you said earlier that probably for every 10 people that get it only one's going to say anything um but i i had a i had a person with the uh, finger thing that they said they read the book and they were able to play um it was guitar or piano they were there uh they were somebody of a, of a musician and so they were able to play again, which they hadn't been able to for a year. And so, like, there's, I, I'm glad they're helping people. I wish they would, I hope they're seeing somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 I sleep well at night thinking that these people are finding care or, sorry, I should retract care. They're finding, <laughs> they're finding ideas in dirt, desolate places where they have to walk up a dirt road to a well, you know?
0: You yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Mhm. So, um, just kind of moving along for keeping an eye on the time frame of all of this, uh, moving into our clinically pressed questions that we ask everybody. Um, uh, what is something that you may believe in that others may not? Mm. That could be
1: Gosh. Um, can I say 23 me, I think it's a scam. I think it's the government's way of getting our data. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Wow, I like that too. That was something we haven't gone through. That was quick too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like, uh, like. I'm not a. I'm I'm not like a conspiracy theory person, but it's like, you you ever go online and you look up like People Finder, and I so I did this one time. I looked up my own name on People Finder, and then so it knew my name, kind of roughly where I lived. It knew my dad's name, and it knew my grandpa. And I thought it, it at one time it was because people were voluntarily given their information on Facebook, right. which might, which might be because at that point, the only spot where I told anybody or any, any computer that I was 101 was Facebook and it thought I was 101. And, uh, so it made me a little think a little bit, but then we also had a cousin who was very active on FamilyTree.com or whatever it was. And so she had filled out all that stuff. And so it was voluntary information. And so I believe that 23 andme me is another one of those, but for blood or for, uh, uh, DNA.
2: Wow, interesting.
1: Huh. So old. if I disappear, by the way, I will just... never think about the same. <laughs> so that's that's probably the only thing um, medically. I don't know if I have anything. Uh, I think I think people are super resilient. Uh, I think we treat people like they're fragile, and I think people treat themselves like they're fragile. But I don't think we are.
0: I like that one. Yeah, yeah yes I think sir. there's a lot more resilience there than people understand. Oh yeah, cool
2: what's uh, your most influential purchase under a hundred dollars whether mm-hmm. fitness or or otherwise in uh,
1: well, well in uh, in what category
2: any anything you choose typically we you know stick to fitness health uh that type of thing
1: influential gosh um can i pick two yeah i'm gonna go with dan john's intervention video 40 bucks uh and i'm gonna go with uh mcgill's low back disorders it's like 70 right
2: okay
0: how much was the first one did you say
1: uh uh dan Jones was about 40 bucks
2: okay
0: i, okay. I have to look Sweet. that one up yeah definitely well i kind of the mcgill one goes into our any other like book recommendations and we're always looking for things that aren't necessarily just about health and fitness and whatnot
1: hmm From from a marketing perspective, there's a free one. It's uh com Secrets uh, by Russell Brunson. Hmm. Very easy read. Um, very uh it 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 helps me a lot with storytelling. It, it's uh you can obviously go very complicated topics, but for the most part, the uh I think is where it's at. And that one you just uh you just they'll give it to you for like eight bucks or something like that. You pay for the shipping.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, I've but you're getting but you're getting their funnel. So beware! Oh yeah, as
0: with, <laughs> as with most things these yeah. days, <laughs> there's always a catch. Yeah, mm-hmm. always a string attached.
2: So if you were to tell yourself, like your former self, something that you know now, uh, what information would you tell your your former self if you could go back, and whether that's you know five years, ten years, you you name the time frame as well.
1: Mm. Gosh. Um. I think, uh, I'm, I'm hard pressed to not want to make all these clinical. Um, but, um, I would probably tell myself just to relax a little bit, like don't sweat the small things. It's not that big of a deal. And, uh, as much as like, I might fret about and like worry about like the way some interaction went, um, with a patient or a person or a gas station attendant or whatever, like they forgot it already probably, you know? And so it's just not worrying about, and, uh. So I now call it productive worrying. Um, if it's not going to do anything, don't worry about it.
2: I need to tell myself that more often than I do, actually. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: So last one. In your area of expertise, how would you make what you do that is complicated simple?
1: My area of expertise. How would it make something complicated simple?
0: Yep.
1: Hmm. Um. Jeez. Is this for myself or for somebody else? They're for people, for listeners. Obviously, oh, for listeners. Yeah. I'm just, if I'm you just, were,
0: like, something that you do that is very complex. How would you break it down and make it simple for someone that you're explaining it hmm. you to?
1: Do? Well, um, probably. So, a couple months ago, I started trying to think about how to reverse engineer things, and um, the things that we see clinically. I think are adaptations of situations, chronic or uh, usually chronic situations or, uh, loads. And so I wrote myself an email one day, so I wouldn't forget. And it's always towards the top five of my email box as soon as I start to pick away at the things and it's, there's nothing in the body. It just says in the title, what's the adaptation. And so when you see someone with in uh, their hairs turned gray, why did it turn gray? You know? And so try to find one level step down, you know, and, uh, just. See if you can solve the problem, not by addressing the the adaptation. I don't know if it makes it simpler, <laughs> but it
0: gives you a game plan to look at it, though. Right? I, I, no, I like the reverse engineering part of it. I've heard that in a couple of different arenas and different avenues. Mm-hmm. Like I know Tim Ferriss' big one is like, what if I did the opposite? If this is how you're always supposed to do something. What if you just flip it on its head? Can it still work?
1: <laughs> sure, Kim. Yeah, that's why people start doing handstands, bro. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: No one, no one, no one uses handstands for anything. Um, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you guys have answered this or not, but I've, I've, I've thought it a lot over the years. And yesterday, I really, I had an opportunity to, to use it. Um, so, since we're doing a lot, like people do a lot, they do a lot of lifting for fitness. And it's a lot of overhead lifting, repetitive reps and snatches and jerks and so on. And so I don't tend to do it a lot, but I believe it's a lock, press and hold and then you stay there. And so I had a friend, uh, uh, we had, um, we were putting drywall on the ceiling. Oh. And so and so Jeez. I did the lock and press like this with, uh, I don't know how heavy it was, but it was heavy. And I was lasting about 30, 30 seconds or so and I was just starting to fall apart. And I had to walk up a little uh, little step stool to to get to the ceiling, right? And so I started kind of thinking about, like, I had that theory in the past of why are we doing it, but then the functional app- application, wouldn't it just be press holds and, and walks or something? Like, I know we're doing that, and, and everyone seems to be married to the idea of barbells, but why not just go to, like, CrossFit gyms and put sheets of, like 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 like, drywall out there?
0: Right,
1: <laughs> and blowing in the wind. Look at that dynamic systems theory. You know,
0: Oh, man. Yeah, the true definition of functional. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> it's hard. Oh, yeah. hard. Here you go.
2: I've done that, and uh, it's <laughs> like you're thinking in your head. The other guy, like, get that screw in.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> hurry up! I don't yeah. care what you're doing. Just one, even the wrong space. Looks
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So kind of in closing, uh, where can people find you? Um, websites, podcasts, feel free, plug away.
1: Plug away, okay. Um, the website, or if you're looking for anything that I produce, the website's the quickest way, or it's just the easiest way because I house everything there, but obviously you can pick and choose. So the site is P2, it's the number, or sorry, the letter P, the number two sports is plural care.com so p2sportscare.com um, everything's mainly on the home page or there's a comprehensive search bar you just search and you'll probably find anything you want um, the website is gigantic it's probably like 300 unique pages so um yeah so we had to do a search function in there the the podcast is called restoring human movement it releases weekly it's i think we're up into like the 140 range um some of your listeners probably like uh, that. I've had McGill on there. I've had Brett Winchester on there. I've had Richard Olm on there. Um, gosh, uh, I've had Dan John on there. I've had Michael Shacklock on there. I've had a bunch of really good people. Yep. And so, dig into the archives a little bit and subscribe. That's what I would love. Um, and that's uh, kind of that's kind of it. I think uh, I think it's the most part where all your listeners are going to like if they're if they're long format um, listeners. The the podcast is. Um, it's probably where it'd be hundred percent honest with you. And I tell patients this, uh, all the time where they're, they're like, Hey, I've been through like three bouts of PT or, or chiropractic and this didn't work. What makes you different? I'm like, honestly, with your, with your condition, I wouldn't refer you to myself five years ago. And I've learned a lot. And especially over the last two years stretch where I was doing the podcasting and interviewing these people, there was a lot of aha moments. Mm-hmm. um and so it opened my eyes so if you guys want to follow along with those ahas and improve your clinical skills just as i'm always trying to get better then the podcast is the way to go
0: awesome i like it i agree awesome sweet well, thanks, thanks thank for you taking sir. the time
1: yeah thanks for having me on pleasure yeah.
0: Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that we covered in this episode. While you're there, you'll have full access to all our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube or any podcast outlet that you use. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or a review on how we we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it and heard it helps out quite a bit. To get more free content delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter at totalathletictherapy.com or clinicallypressed.com. You'll get direct links to all the new clinically pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.